It's not an accident. None of us were accidents. We're all made in His image. We have to understand that. And the church is here to make a difference. The church is us, the body. The church isn't this building, and we kind of have to remind ourselves of that many, many times over today because if you want to talk about the mega churches or, or how the church building keeps getting larger, grander, bowling alleys in them, whatever you want to call it. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If that's how you can bring people in to share the gospel with them, okay. But it's not a pastor, it's not a building, it's the body right here. So can this body, can Cornerstone right here in this little area that we're planted, can we make a difference? So let's think about that. Keep that, on, keep that on the back. So if you look around today, of all the stuff, education, where do you think it came from? The church. The monasteries, everything back then to, to, to tr- transcribe this. The arts. You want to talk about hospitals. The, the, the idea of taking care of people. What? The, the people were sick in the town. They brought them. They built a, a building next to the monasteries or built them to there. And that's where they took care of them. Orphanages. Where do you think orphanages came from? If you think about the Roman Empire back in the day, if they had a baby girl, hey, baby girls weren't precious back then. So what do they do? They leave them by the river. They put them in the woods. Somebody would find them. They would take them to a centralized location. And bam, we have orphanages. Why? Because a church was put on the planet. God made it that way. Jesus came to the earth to make the church make a difference. And I'm going to step on some toes today, and I'm okay with that. You can walk out of here and say, that guy, Jeff, is crazy. You're right. We weren't made to warm these chairs. I would say pews for some of us old-timers. We weren't made to warm these chairs, and that is all we do. So if that makes you uncomfortable, I don't apologize. Okay? So let's go. Let's fast forward a little bit more. Well, we're really going to go back. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came down lived a sinless life, died on that old rugged cross, rose three days later, spoke to 120 people. How many? Roughly 120 people when he came back. And in a few hundred years, that 120 that he told out, told to go and, and share the gospel and tell them how awesome the news is, changed half of the Roman Empire. What can we do today? We have the Internet. We have social media. Everybody's tweeting, chatting, chat box, drop box. I don't know. You have airfare. You have air flight. Planes go across the world in, in a matter of hours now. We have telephones. And what can we do? Can we make a difference? No, we're still being told that lie. We can't make a difference. But 120 people with none of that, riding donkeys and mules all across the world, The Roman Empire changed half of the world. So what's Cornerstone doing? What lighthouse are we? What difference are we making? What difference are you making? Think about it. Question. Listen up. You might want to lean forward a little bit. And and I want you to have a sheet of paper or something to write on. Something to write on. Lean forward. I don't want anyone to miss this. Who do I have in my life that needs to know Jesus Christ. Well, let me say it one more time, a little bit slower. Who do I, you, have in my life that needs to know Jesus Christ? And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. 
you wrote down a name or a couple names. And you know what that means? God just spoke to you. For some of us like me, I'll be the first one to admit, I need that like blinking light that saying, Jeff, turn left. From God, turn left. Go 100 feet, turn right, and you'll find it. I'm being honest. But if, the, if you just had a couple names pop into your head, a name, couple names, a family, whatever the case may be, the Lord just spoke to you. Now the problem is, that's pretty scary. I want to check it, but I don't want to check it, okay? So I, I'm going to put it over here, okay? Hey, that's a little bit, that's a little bit, hey, Lord, you are good. He is good all day. But the problem with this now is that you were just given some names. A name, some names. Now, whatever you do with it, that's the, that's the ticket. Because if you don't act upon it, the way I read the Bible is you're sinning. Because it came from God. Now, how you act upon it, that's a little bit different because all of us have our own different way to share with them, to invite them to church, to do whatever. Okay? So keep that, keep that list handy, okay? So just keep it handy. And lost people, lost people matter to God. I hope you know that. If not, I'm going to let you know. Lost people matter to God. And we should care about the lost because we belong to God. True? I mean, if you, you, you put, you know, I'm not a physics major or any of that stuff, but if you, know, if you look at some of the different things, if he likes it and we're part of him, you know, the two circles where you put them together and where they overlap right there, we should be right in there. Because he's, he's there, we're part of him. I know I'm going way out. You're like, Jeff, what are you doing? But think about it. God loves the lost. We should love the lost. A fact. Everyone's going to spend an eternity somewhere. It's a fact. There's only two places that I know of. Heaven and hell. They're real. So those names that you just was brought to your mind by the Lord, they're going to spend an eternity somewhere. My prayer, my hope, my wish is that you'll get to see Him again. And that means if you're saved, if you believe He is the one, that He is the Messiah, that He is the chosen one, that He died on the cross for our sins and rose again, that He is the Son of God, that He is the same as God, that He is the Word, that you would share with them so when you pass and they pass, you'll get to see Him again. Think about it, okay? Think about it. Now we're going to look at 1 John. I'm not 1 John. We're going to look at John 4. We're going to look at John 4. We're going to start in verse 4. Um, and, and we're going to, for us to make a difference, for us to make a difference, we need to have eyes like Jesus. We need to have eyes like Jesus. So in verse 4, real short verse, now he had to go through Samaria. He had to go through Samaria. If we look at that, the word that jumps out to me there is had. Okay? It's not saying had because that's the only way. So just like, you know, I like to go home to Florida. We like to go home to Florida. We don't have to go down 75. There are other routes to get there. The same thing here. He had to go, to, he, he, he had to be somewhere, but he didn't have to go through Samaria. 
So, so hold on to had, okay? Because here it's going to be more, as we get more into the story, it's going to be more of a, hist- or a spiritual part than a geographical part, okay? So in verse 5 it says, So he came to the town of Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Verse 6, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it was about noon. Why is John so particular that it was noon? I don't know. So the story's going to unfold a little bit more. So he had to go through, and it was at noon. Okay? So let's make sure we're thinking about our lives. So noon is very important to the Scripture as well because the well was there. And if you're going to come to draw water at the well, we know it's a very physical task. You're probably going to come in the morning or at dusk because it's cooler you can come there, get your water, and you can go back when it's not so hot. And if you needed water during the day, you're going to go in the morning. And if you want needed water right in the morning, you go at night, so it's there for you in the morning. But when we go to verse 7, it says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? And in 8, his disciples had gone into town to buy food. Well, isn't that ironic? That Jesus, the Son of God, was there by himself, and a Samaritan woman came up. And if you know anything about history back then, the Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along at all. Not at all. So there was kind of like some racial tensions. Imagine that. Many, many, many years ago, there was racial tensions. That wouldn't be going on today, would it? No. Really? The Bible talks about racial tensions, and we have some going on now? Hmm. But we can make a difference. You can. You can't believe the lie that you can't make a difference. So the young lady came at noon to draw water. Why did she come at noon to draw water? One, she didn't want anybody to be there. She said, hey, if I come at the hottest part of the day to do a very physical job, nobody's going to be at the well. That's good for me because I don't want any interaction with anybody because the story's going to unfold a little bit more and we're going to find out why she didn't want to interact with anybody. Uh, Jesus asked for a drink and, and broke all of the rules. Because once again, they didn't get along. And two, men were not supposed to talk to women. Because once women were treated as property back here. And the interesting thing here is that Jesus changed all of that. Because he treated her as somebody he talked to her he approached her and in the scripture it says hey love the church love the love your wife christ love the church love love (laughs) love your wife like you love the church like jesus loves the church so if you think about it in, in in many countries across the world women are still treated like property except for countries where christianity where christ followers are that where they're created, created as an equal. So think about that. He stepped across the lines. He changed the world that day by talking to a Samaritan woman at the well that just came to get some water. Uh, as, as we said earlier, hey, you can't have a relationship with someone that you don't care and not care about what they care about. So when we want to see, we want to have eyes like Jesus, we have to see the lost. We have to see the people out there. We have to see the people that have fallen away from the church. We have to see them with eyes like Jesus. Jesus loves the lost. Challenge for you. 
Ask this question. Help me see people as you see people, Jesus. Because once again, we can make a difference unless you're going to continue to believe that lie that you can't make a difference. So number one, you've got to have eyes like Jesus. So he had to go through there because the meeting was already set up. The meeting was already set up for him to meet this Samaritan woman, talk to her, and find out some interesting things about her. Number two, we have to do what Jesus did. Uh Uh-oh. Really? We have to be like Jesus? We have to do the things that he did? So once again, this, this is awesome. All of us like comfort, right? And some of us even sit in our chairs here because of comfort. Because where the A.C. will blow or some other things. And sometimes when the A.C. is not working so well in the building, we get uncomfortable. And maybe we don't listen to the sermon or maybe we're like, man, when's Daryl going to get that fixed? But we like comfort. That's just us. We're a comfort society. Whether it's from your clothes, how you live at your house, what you sleep in, we all enjoy comfort. Comfort can keep us from the cause of Christ. So think about this. Who do we limit ourselves to? We like to hang around people that are like us, right? I don't like to, you know, a prime example. I know some of y'all are like, who is this? There's, there's a young rapper out there, a Christian rapper named Lecrae. You know, the guy's touching a lot of lives. Different approach. But once again, he's going to where they are. One of his songs that, that, that's out there says, it's a cold, cold world. Now think about that. We have hope. We have somebody that we can just dump all of our stuff on. I think about my two brothers that aren't saved, that have no idea what I'm doing. And they struggle every day because they're worried about paying the bills. They're worried about having this material thing. They're worried about making that. They're working 80 hours a week to chase the Joneses. If anybody's name's Jones in here, I apologize. But they don't understand it. But this guy, Lecrae, is, is, is taking a different approach to go out there. But his, his, his lyrics, I, I listened to it the other day, yesterday, it's a cold, cold world. That's a true statement. But who are we limiting ourselves to? Do you have any unchristian friends? Those people you put on your list a few minutes ago? How often do you socialize with them? Do your actions say you're different? We need to think about that. And the funny thing is, I know today, Georgia didn't play yesterday. So they're, they're kind of sad because they didn't get a win. Florida didn't play yesterday, so we're excited because we didn't lose, okay? So I'll be honest. So Florida was happy we didn't play yesterday, okay? It's just, that's a fact, all right? I know Daryl's not here, but that's a fact. We're happy we didn't play yesterday because our offense was horrible, okay? So we knew we didn't lose yesterday. But it, it, the funny thing is, is two weeks ago, Georgia lost. And, George, I'm not picking on you. It was a good game. You lost. But when you came to church or you went to the grocery store, you went out, hey, Georgia fans didn't want to talk about nothing. Last week, they beat up on South Carolina. Georgia fans were very excited. They wanted to talk to you. They wanted to tell you about the game. But as people, we could talk about anything. We love the movies. We love sports. You know, we, we love to talk about celebrities. I don't know any of them, but we like to talk about them. Or work. And we're comfortable talking about that stuff. So once again, we have to do what Jesus did, okay? 
So why is it so uncomfortable to talk about Christ or invite somebody to church? We can talk about football all day. We can talk about hunting. I don't know anything about hunting. I know you shoot stuff and you drag it a long ways and then you go and you cut it open and that's about all I know of it. I know there's a lot. You, there's all different seasons. You've got to have special material. You've got to have special dogs. There's a lot of stuff. I don't know anything about hunting. I don't. Okay? But people could talk about it all day. But when we come to talk about Christ or inviting people to church, we're like, uh, I don't know. Go through the checkout line at Publix. Publix is my favorite store. I go there often. You go there and, and you see somebody and you're like, ah. Nah, maybe not. You know, you'll start up some other conversation. I buy a lot of shampoo. I have a lot of girls in my house, so I really use shampoo, right? So I can talk about that often. You know, hey, this, will this really help? You know, this shampoo really give me some volume? And they're looking like, you're an idiot. You know, and I'm like, you're probably right. I oh, I shouldn't say that because I am made in Christ's image, and I just did blasphemy against God because I am made in Christ's image. So I apologize. Don't use that word. Um, but we, we have to do what Jesus did. So why? Just think about it. Those people you wrote on your paper now, how are you going to talk to them what, about Christ or coming to church if they don't live here? How do you get them to go to a church somewhere else? Because we can talk. I heard a comment the other day. You can talk about the weather because there's a 100% chance of weather. True fact. I know some of y'all didn't get it. It's okay. It is okay. Another thing that you could do, and this is, this is stepping way outside of the bounds. I know for a lot of us, we eat out on Sundays. Okay? Uh, we had a, I was talking to a couple, and they, uh, one thing that we do is when we go out to eat, we don't go out to eat often, but we'll ask our server, hey, is there anything we can pray for you about? Sometimes you'll get the deer in the headlights hunting. I'm going back to hunting. The deer in the headlights, and they're like, what did you just ask me? And then they'll just like run off. Or some will say, yeah. You can pray about so-and-so. That just opens up that door. For one, some almost stay right there and hold your hands while you pray. At dinner and at lunch. And then it gives you that open door. If you visit there again, when you come back, you can say, hey, how is so-and-so? Non-threatening. It's okay. How do we do what Jesus did? Okay? So it's, it, believe it or not, it makes a difference when you get uncomfortable. Okay, so keep that names, keep those names close to you because it makes a difference when you get uncomfortable. Now you've got to believe what Jesus said. Okay, I don't have these verses up there, I apologize. Uh, the Lord changed, you know, some of the where I was going. Um, I didn't even read this part. See, I got so far ahead of myself. Let's go back. We're going to read verse uh, 7 again. When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone to town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Once again, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans because there was some conflict. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you the living water. Once again, we can make a difference when the lie keeps telling us we can't make a difference. Sir, the woman replied, you have nothing to draw with here, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? 
Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up with eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I don't have to get thirsty and I, can, and I don't have to keep coming here to draw water. Once again, she didn't understand. He had the water. He had what will keep her in eternity forever, in heaven forever. He told her, Go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Okay. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. And the fact is you have had five husbands and the man that you now have is not your husband. What, what you have just said is quite true. Once again, he never met her before. He crossed across that line. He made it uncomfortable. He talked to somebody he wasn't supposed to talk to. And he knew all about her. And this just like blew her mind. She didn't know what to do. So in, in part three, remember part one, we have to have eyes like Jesus. We have to see like Jesus. Okay? In part two, we have to do what Jesus did. We've got to get uncomfortable. We have to talk to the people we usually wouldn't talk to. We've got to cross that line. We have to get out of Mayberry and welcome to the real world because we can't live in this circle. So in part three, we have to believe what Jesus said. So if you go down to 27, this isn't on the screen, so I apologize, um, in, in verse 27. Just when the disciples returned home and were surprised to find him take, talking with the woman, but no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, think about that. She came there to draw water, and water is, in, in, the, in, in the Middle East, water is a necessity for life, is a necessity for life for all of us. But she left her water jar. That's very important. The woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see the man who told me what? Everything that I ever did. Did Jesus tell her everything that she ever did? No. He told her that, hey, I knew you had five husbands and you were with some guy now that's not your husband. Okay? So, could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. This one woman runs back to her town. One woman. Okay? One woman that had a checkered past. Runs back to this town and says, hey, look, you've got to come see this guy. They just told me everything that they know about me. And the town's like, really, you? You want me to follow you? We know what you've done. Of course he knows what you've done. But it, 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 it sparked their interest. Once again, we've got to have eyes like Jesus. We've got to do what Jesus did. And now we've got to believe what he said. So if we go down to, to 31. Meanwhile, the disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. 32. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Once again, the disciples have been with him. And he's still telling them, hey, you don't know everything. Just like us, we're not expected to know everything. So if you go out to evangelize or, hey, I want to go make a difference, it's okay if you don't know, if you're not theologically sound, it's okay. He's going to give you what to say. He's going to show you how to win them. Then the disciples said, could someone have brought him food? Come on. Yeah, Domino's delivered a pizza to, to Jesus while they were out and about, so... He had a pizza. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until the harvest. I tell you to open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for the harvest. So just think about that. This one woman, this woman with a checker pass, ran back to her town and said, Hey, look, I think I found the Messiah. He told me everything I needed to know. So this town, I don't know, 
10, 20, 30, 50, 100, 1,000, 5,000, all coming back. Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, look, I tell you to open your eyes and look at the fields. The, the, the field is ripe for the harvest. We have, to do what, we have to believe what Jesus says. The field is ripe. Are you ready? Is Cornerstone ready? Are you as an individual ready? Are you ready to reap the harvest? That's a tough question because, once again, you've got to take one step back. You've got to get uncomfortable to reap the harvest. You've got to talk to people you probably wouldn't ordinarily talk to. You have to serve people you probably wouldn't otherwise serve. But this one woman, she was able to go back. One woman changes the life of a, of a town for eternity. How many lives can Cornerstone change for eternity? Well, and I say Cornerstone because that's where we're at. If, excuse me, if you call that your friend and, and they're somewhere else, and you know, maybe they go somewhere else. Keep that list. So think back to the names that you wrote on down there earlier. What are you going to do with those names? That's the question. What are you going to do with those names? So with those names, I'm sure all of us have, and when I all, because some of us have been raised in the church all of our lives. Our mom and dads did a good job, or our grandma and grandpas, or our aunts and uncles did a good job of making sure we were in church. But for people like me, and I know some of the other stories in here, they've had individuals that kind of chased them. Or they wrote a name down on a sheet of paper and kept asking them, hey, why don't you come to church? How many times have you asked somebody, a coworker, an acquaintance, a neighbor, and they say, nah, that's all right. Do we stop? A lot of us do. Because that's just the society we're in. Hey, if I ask you once, ah, Bob, you want to come to church? That's okay, thanks. Bob didn't even answer. I already, I already had it in my mind he's going to say no. Why? Because I don't want it to be uncomfortable. I'm already giving him an out. Bob, you want to come? Bob might say yes. I'm, oh, okay, I understand. Don't worry about it. Why? Because it matters. We could talk about, I don't know, Survivor. People can talk all day about Survivor. Well, there was a boxing match last night. You can go on and on and on and on and on and on of what we're comfortable about talking about. But when it comes down to something that matters, we kind of hunker down, don't want to step on anybody's toes, we don't want to get in an area where we're not used to. Someone might do something that I don't like. I don't want to stay there. Someone might say something that's inappropriate. Okay. And? So once again, the lie that many of us have believed, are believing, is that we can't make a difference. The Bible tells us differently. One woman with a checkered past, runs back in a whole town. Is saved. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's mind-boggling to think that. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Why? They believed in him even before they talked to him because the lady said, hey, I know what he's done. He's told me everything about myself. There's no way. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed for two days. 
we can't even stay for 10 minutes and talk to somebody. If you get, if you get that opportunity, you go in there and talk to somebody, you're looking at your watch, you're checking your phone, because i got an appointment to go to. Yeah, you got an appointment right there. You have a predestined appointment right there to share the gospel, to plant the seed, to water the seed, to harvest the seed. Who knows? We have to slow down. We have to get uncomfortable. We have to make a difference. So he stayed for two days, and because of his words, many more became believers. Many more. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. It's simple. That simple. So back to the names on your paper. I'm going to keep going to them. For me, it was a deacon down in Florida at a little church, Tabernacle Baptist. He came. I shared this story with some of y'all before. He came and picked up uh, our two older girls on a little school, on a little van bus and w- would take them to church. And I thought I was, I was a single dad at that time. I thought I was doing the right thing. And I made sure my girls went to church. And that was my two hours of where I could get the lawn work done or do some of that stuff. And once again, I thought I was being a great dad. I was making sure my daughters went to church. Um, this man wouldn't, wouldn't stop. Mr. Bob, he wouldn't stop. A little bit creeped me out. He crossed that line. I mean, he really crossed the line. I mean, he'd open my door. He'd yell for me. I'm hiding in the back bedroom. You know, I'm out doing yard work in the backyard. He'd open the fence and holler for me. And I'm trying to hide, you know. And uh, But he loved the Lord so much. He said, hey, I'm I'm not letting this guy go. And lo and behold, in my driveway, of all the... Of all the places, not a church building, in my driveway, he shared the gospel with me, and it changed my life forever. So think about those people on your, on your sheet. We all want to be a part of something. That's a fact. We all want to be a part of something. But what that something is, we need to help them. Because the lie that we're believing is that we can't make a difference. And for us to have children, we can't allow that lie to trickle down. Because the world will eat you up and spit you out. It's happening every day. You look, 30% of the kids are dropping out. I can't even fathom that. And, and, and how do we change it? How do we change it? How do we make a difference? There's mentoring programs in every elementary school. I don't have time. Yeah, you do. How many times you go to the gym? How many times you go out to play golf? Or how many times you go hunting? Or how many times you do something else? You're right, I'm cutting into your time. I am. Because we have to change that lie. We have to turn 180 degrees that we can make a difference. Interesting. I read the paper a lot. I'm a facts guy. I'm a, I'm a, I just love stories. This guy wants to be a part of something. Okay? So I was hoping Andy would be here, Andy Crawford, but he had to go and do some baby stuff. But this sounds like him all the way. Maybe not. I don't know. But this guy put an ad in the Athens Banner Herald. Okay? I want to attend a a good Georgia-Missouri tailgate party on 10-12. He put an ad in the paper. Okay? Because everybody wants to be part of something. And this guy wants to be part of a Georgia-Missouri SEC tailgate party. Okay? Listen. Pay attention. I am a Californian 
who will be visiting my daughter attending school in Rome, Georgia. Not even close to Athens, okay? He's in Rome, Georgia. That's like across the world for me, okay? That weekend, high on my bucket list is to attend a good SEC tailgate party. Remember, there's an ad in the paper, okay? I am a congenial middle-aged man who loves the South and Southern food, loves a good party, has a good sense of humor, knows football well, and is a die-hard cow bear fan. As a child, listen to this. This is a good one. This is a good one. As a child, I learned to love the bulldog mascot. At my, as my father went to Yale, listen, listen. Don't pay attention, please. So I know their fight song, which I can sing to you, featuring the word bulldogs. This guy wants to be a part of something, okay? Man, I need some glasses. I will study, hey, this guy, hey, once again, we can't even go talk to people about Jesus that most of us have been in church all of our lives and should know a little bit about Jesus, okay? About the stuff and some of that stuff. This guy, he wants to be part so bad. I will study up on the Georgia football team before the game. And he wants to come to the party so bad, he's going to do homework. If I say homework to a, to a life group, hey, y'all are going to freak out. You won't come back. If I say, hey, you've got to do homework to come to a life group, you're like, forget it, I'm not coming. You know, but this guy's going to study to go to a tailgate party. Hey, this guy, this guy he wants to be a part of something. Um, hey, I will pay... Now, look, you can come to church for free, okay? You can come to church for free. There's people on your list, tell them they don't have to pay nothing. They can come to church for free. This guy, i will, I got to hurry up because them workers back there are going to get me. I will pay a reasonable price in cash to join your tailgate party. Man. Um, but man, I lost it. I will study Georgia football. I will study to join your tailgate party. My daughter will not be attending. Okay, he wants to be a part of it. He said, daughter, you've got to stay away. I don't know what that means, but I'm not worried about that. Um, and will buy my own ticket to the game. Though I would appreciate any good ideas on how to best do that. Please email me at whatever. Go dogs. Okay? Everybody wants to be a part of something. This guy, he wants to go to an SEC tailgate party. The people on your list, we want them to come to the kingdom. We want them to have eternity in heaven, not an eternity in hell. We want them to be a part of our party. And for a lot of people say, man, what kind of party is that? It's the freedom party where all of our, all of our sins are forgotten. It's that we're a free at last, we're a free at last party. So as we go out this week... Think about it. The three things you got to have where you can make a difference. you got to have eyes like Jesus. you got to see people like Jesus saw them. Not like we see them. Because, there, once again, I love articles. I love some of that. A big church, I think Taylor posted one um, online. Um, a big church was getting a new pastor. He came in dressed up like a, like a homeless guy. Walked around, asked a couple people for, you know, hey, do you have a little bit of money? You know, I'm hungry. You know, they, they just like told me, hey, you can't go in there and get out of here and all this stuff. And uh, so when they say, hey, here's our new pastor, hey, he walks up to the front. Hey, the people like to die. 
And he says, hey, look, we got a problem in this church. And we're going to rectify it today. Same thing, another one, a guy dressed up, went to some churches that he had spoke at before, had a hat on, you know, a little bit of scruffiness, maybe some earrings. Hey, they told him, hey, take your hat off in church. Hey, sit back here. Really? That's what we're in the business of? That's how we're going to make a difference? Is by not having eyes like Jesus? So as you go out this week, you've got to have eyes like Jesus. We have to do what Jesus did. That means get uncomfortable. Those people on your list, remember, if you don't call them, you don't text them, you don't tweet them, you don't Facebook them, you don't Dropbox them, you don't Instagram them, I don't know what else there is, there's plenty, you're sinning. Straight up. And then you've got to believe what Jesus says. And, and that's, that's the big one for me, because if you're sitting here today and you don't believe what Jesus said, I'm going to be real honest with you. You're going to go to hell. That's scary. That's blunt. If you don't believe what Jesus said and you're not able or you don't have the fruit to show it and you're not, please stay after. Talk with Bruce. Talk with Radley. Talk with myself. Wait for Daryl to come back. Whatever. I wouldn't wait because we're never guaranteed tomorrow. I know that's a little bit abrupt, but I love everybody in this room. My passion is is for the lost and for the ones that don't know. That's what we're here for. That's what we give away food for. I, a gentleman before said, hey, it looks great giving away the food, but we're here to share the gospel with them. That's what we're here for. I know it's scary. I know it's uncomfortable. I know it makes a lot of us nervous. I know it makes a lot of us nervous to, uh, to think that I have to talk to somebody, but it's what he's called us to do. And for some of y'all that don't know, you know, the bulletin says, hey, I've taken a, a part-time role here at Cornerstone. I'm very excited. I'm very excited about it. I'm going to be working with the student ministry, um, K through 12th grade. I know we don't have that yet, but uh, as we grow as a church body, as we grow disciples, that's a reality. We have some 5th, 6th graders already and, and a couple more that, hey, we have to be looking at a different what we're doing. Um, and something else that, that Daryl's tasked me with is to sit there and, you know, a simulation. What that means is, hey, we have to make sure the flock is okay. If we have new visitors or we have people that come once a month, hey, you're probably going to get a phone call from me and say, hey, look, we just miss you. How can I help you? Um, you know, kind of take some of the stuff off of Daryl's plate that where Daryl can, can, can visionize where we are and, and what we're doing. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, for some of y'all that know, we're going into more full-time status with iServe Ministries as well. So if you could pray for, for that and finances for iServe, that will be good. Um, but we're excited to see the things that's going to happen at Cornerstone um, and how we can be that beacon, how we can battle that lie that's out there to say, hey, you can't make a difference. Because as, as the title of this sermon, you can make a difference. We can make a difference. If they did it with 120, how can we do it with... I don't know, some of y'all probably got like 3 million followers or something on Twitter. I don't even know how to use Twitter, but I like it. I like the sound of it. It sounds exciting. I don't know. But, guys, I thank you so much for coming and sacrificing a couple hours of your day. I pray that you, you learned a little bit of something today. Um, I pray that you'd go out there and love on the lost and uh, 
Just be Jesus. Just be Jesus out there. As we, as we close, remember right after service, we're going to have uh, Bruce and Radley are going to show a, a short video about the Billy Graham event. Um, what an awesome opportunity. He opens up the door. Say, hey, look, come eat some, some ribs at my house. You know, fall off the bone ribs. And then you put in the video. And then you get to share with them. Let's go to the Lord. I tell me, Father, Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for the beautiful weather. You've blessed us in North Georgia the past couple days. Lord, I, I thank you for giving me the opportunity. I pray that anything I said, Lord, that was all about you and nothing about Jeff Grant. Lord, I just pray that everyone that's here today, Lord, that this message would resonate with them, that it just wouldn't be a Sunday morning message, that, Lord, it would be a message to take out to the streets because as the lie, that society, that everyone wants to tell us that, that, that the church, Christians, Christianity can't make a difference in the world. It can. We see it every day. Lord, I know for many of us we say the miracles aren't there. Lord, the miracles are there. You just got to look at them. Lord, and as, as, as you tell us to see like you, to do what you did, and to believe in what you say, Lord, the people that we wrote down the names, those names have a soul, and that soul is going to spend an eternity somewhere. Lord, how do we get uncomfortable? How do we step out of our comfort zone? How do we step across that line? How do we cross those barriers to share the love that you share with us? Lord, because we fail every day, and you continue to love us. Allow us to love on some others. Lord, it sounds like you're speaking to us right now. Lord, that you want to use Cornerstone in a mighty way. You want us to be that lighthouse. You want us to be that beacon. You want us to be those open doors. You want us to be that safe zone. Lord, for people that aren't churched, Lord, that we wouldn't judge them, that we'd allow them to come in here just as they are. Lord, we pray for Daryl and Kimberly as they travel. Lord, bring them back safe. Lord, we pray for our students back there. We pray for the helpers. Lord, what sacrifice, what sacrificial service is that of serving our children? Lord, it's because we don't want that lie that we can't make a difference to trickle down to our children. Lord, we want them to be able to make a difference in this world. Lord, as we close out, Lord, if anybody doesn't know you as Lord and Savior today or has questions, Lord, that they would never hesitate. They would never be too ashamed to step up and say, I got a question. Lord, we thank you for showing up today. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Amen.